Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Whether or not it's true, it's immeasurably helpful to think of life on earth as soul school. In Transcendental Etude, American poet Adrienne Rich writes, no one ever told us we had to study our lives, make of our lives a study as if learning natural history or music, that we should begin with the simple exercises first and slowly go on trying the hard ones, practicing till strength and accuracy become one with the daring to leap into transcendence, take the chance of breaking down in the wild arpeggio or faulting the full sentence of the fugue. And in fact, we can't live like that. We take on everything at once before we've even begun to read or mark time. We're forced to begin in the midst of the hardest movement, the one already sounding as we are born. My eyes have filled with tears more than once this past week, approaching this anniversary. One year ago tomorrow, we gathered in this sanctuary for the last time before the pandemic hit in full force, driving us apart. But my tears have not been tears of grief. This feeling, this huge feeling, is gratitude. Sitting in my empty, quiet house. A year ago, I would have joked about the noise of living with more than 30 teenagers. I open the Arlington Street Zoom room. I am alone. I find my breath and wait for you. And then, one by one, there you are, your beautiful faces framed in a square, centered against a backdrop of your living room, dining room, kitchen, bedroom, and I am filled with joy at the promise of the time we'll be together, sharing poetry, a book discussion, meditation, a cup of tea, a lively conversation, astonishing intimacy and the good work of Arlington Street Church. I am also grateful that one year ago, we had no idea how long this, all of this would go on and how many of us would be lost. We have done a good job taking each day, one day at a time, weeping together and celebrating together, together while apart. 
or recall the words of Henry Stanley Haskins, incongruously a Wall Street trader with a checkered background who said, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters to what lies within us. And these by Kentucky farmer and poet Wendell Berry, the smallest unit of health is a community. A Zen Buddhist teacher described spiritual practice as one mistake after another. Tibetan Buddhist teacher Chogyam Trungpa described the spiritual path as one insult after another. Challenges are considered to be of great spiritual value. His tradition instructs all students make difficulties into the path. This is soul school. The understanding that everything is grist for the mill. Everything that happens is an opportunity to grow our souls. There's a very common Tibetan prayer that says, grant that I may be given appropriate difficulties and sufferings on this journey so that my heart may be truly awakened and my practice of liberation and universal compassion may be truly fulfilled. At best, we are learning to ask not why is this happening to me? But why is this happening for me? American Tibetan Buddhist nun Pema Chodron writes, generally speaking, we regard discomfort in any form as bad news. But for spiritual warriors, feelings like disappointment, embarrassment, irritation, resentment, anger, jealousy, and fear are actually very clear moments that teach us where we're holding back. They teach us to perk up and lean in when we feel like we'd rather collapse and back away. These difficult feelings are like messengers that show us with terrifying clarity exactly where we're stuck. This very moment is the perfect teacher and lucky for us it's with us wherever we are Pema Chodron continues the most precious opportunity presents itself when we come to the place we think we can't handle whatever's happening most of us don't take these situations as teachings we automatically hate them we run like crazy we use all kinds of ways to escape all addictions stem from this moment when we meet our edge and we just can't stand it. Every day, we're given many opportunities to open up or shut down. The spiritual journey involves going beyond hope, beyond fear, and stepping into unknown territory. God knows we don't have to go looking for trouble. Across eight centuries, Persian poet and mystic Jalaluddin Rumi 
tells the story of a priest who answers why he prays for thieves, because they have done me such generous favors. Every time I turn back towards the things they want, I run into them. They beat me and leave me in the road, and I understand again that what they want is not what I want. Those who make you return to the Spirit, be grateful to them. Worry about the others who give you delicious comfort that keeps you from prayer. We all have versions of thieves in our lives, those who steal our peace of mind and threaten to derail us from the spiritual path. American author Carlos Castaneda's indigenous teacher, Yaqui man of knowledge, Don Juan Matus, says, a spiritual warrior cannot complain or regret anything. Their life is an endless challenge, and challenges cannot possibly be good or bad. Challenges are simply challenges. The basic difference between a spiritual warrior and an ordinary person is that the warrior takes everything as a challenge, while an ordinary person takes everything as a blessing or a curse. The most important discipline on the spiritual path may be to keep moving. And you know, I always say the best way to keep moving, the best way through whatever life throws our way is to reach out and bring someone along. It is so much harder to feel sorry for ourselves and so much easier to feel good about ourselves when we're helping. Neem Karoli Baba was one of the greatest spiritual masters of our time. Ram Das is perhaps his best known American student. Krishna Das, called by the New York Times the chant master of American yoga, was also Neem Karoli Baba's student and lived with him in the Himalayan foothills in the 1970s. These are KD's words. It took a while to get with the program. You have to understand, we came over from America. We wanted to be yogis. He wouldn't buy any of that. We would ask, Maharaji, how can we know God? We figured we got the guy here. He knows the answers. We're going to ask him the questions. How do we know God? Serve people. What? It was totally beyond our understanding. We tried again. How do we raise our kundalini? Feed people. What? But Maharaji, how can we be happy? Stop thinking of yourselves. I was reminded this, of this last month when Reverend Beth forwarded me an email inviting me to be a part of Beto O'Rourke's welfare check phone bank which in its first day made over 151,000 calls to senior citizens in Texas. The goal was to connect with resources, to connect them with resources during that unprecedented weather crisis and infra infrastructure collapse. One of the volunteers spoke with an elder stranded at home without power. He hadn't eaten in two days. He was immediately connected with a ride to a warming center and fed a hot meal. And I loved this story, which surfaced on TikTok around the turn of the year. 
Jimmy Choi, an athlete who posts videos of himself doing one-armed push-ups and planks with crazy weights on his back, also shares that his hands shake too much to button his shirt, tie his shoes, or handle the tiny pills prescribed to treat his Parkinson's disease. Brian Aldridge, who makes country music videos for a living, but who is most famous on TikTok for knowing obscure facts about Snapple, decided he would teach himself to use a design and modeling tool called Fusion 360 so he could help Jimmy Choi. Astonishingly, it took Brian Aldridge exactly one day to meet the challenge. He dreamed up a bottle with a rotating base that isolates a single pill, which is then dispensed through a chute to an opening at the top. He posted a video of his design and offered to freely share the schematics with anyone who wanted to test it or improve it. It was a great idea, but it didn't quite work. The next day, dozens of engineers and the 3D printmakers of TikTok took up the challenge. Anthony Sanderson stayed up for hours to get the pill bottle to work. Others improved the design, making it spill-proof. It took this small army a mere three days to put the design through its paces and create a working prototype. Jimmy Choi tested every iteration it cuts down on the amount of time it takes him to grab a pill, he says, and significantly reduces the frustration and stress that makes the symptoms of Parkinson's worse. The anxiety level goes away, he says, the time it takes and your risk of spilling these pills on the floor is almost zero. Version 5.0 is made with less plastic than the average McDonald's toy. The design was released with the caveat that it should be priced as such. Bill Aldridge hired an attorney to ensure that it remains open source and donated the patent to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's research. In the meantime, for anyone who needs this pill dispenser and doesn't want to wait till manufacturing in scale begins, they can buy one directly at cost from the TikTokers who are 3D printing them at home. Bill Aldridge says, for everyone involved in the project, the point is to get this pill bottle into the hands of people whose lives would be improved by it is at as little cost as possible. Serve people. Feed people. Stop thinking of yourselves. Beloved spiritual companions, Let's close with a poem from Denisha Lamaris, Poet Laureate of Santa Cruz County in California. Susan Krieger Judge brought it to this past week's gathering of poems to go on, and now it's a gift to us all, Lessons from Soul School. It's called Small Kindnesses. I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull in their legs to let you by or how strangers say bless you when someone sneezes a leftover from the bubonic plague. Don't die, we are saying. And sometimes when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone else will help you pick them up. Mostly, 
we don't want to harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of coffee hot, to say thank you to the person handing it, to smile at them and for them to smile back, for the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of clam chowder, and for the driver in the red pickup truck to let us pass. We have so little of each other now, so far from tribe and fire. Only these brief moments of exchange. What if they are the true dwelling of the holy? These fleeting temples we make together when we say, here, have my seat. Go ahead, you first. I like your hat. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Beloveds, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Let us keep this faith and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.